Hello, bookworms and literacy lovers. Welcome back to the Literacy Lounge, your go-to nook for all things wordy and reading. Today, we're turning the pages even faster because we have an incredible guest to light up our lounge. Please give a virtual round of applause for the amazing Christina Harrell from Sweet for Kindergarten. Christina taught kindergarten for six years, but now stays home with her little ones. She founded Sweet for Kindergarten to help support pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade educators with research-based phonics ideas, curriculum, and trainings to help teachers create simple and engaging phonics instruction in classrooms everywhere. And today, we're diving deep, exploring the importance of teaching phonics and phonemic instruction across all elementary grade levels. So grab your notes, get cozy, and let's embark on this enlightening literacy journey together. Teaching skills like reading comprehension doesn't have to be overwhelming. With the right tools and strategies in place, you can find success for you and your students. Step into the Literacy Lounge, the podcast that will give you the what, why, and how to elevate your literacy instruction and get the results you've always wanted. Here's your host and veteran elementary school teacher, Sierra Harris. All right. Well, welcome, Christina. I'm so excited to have you on as our guest here inside the Literacy Lounge. Thank you, Sarah, so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about today's topic. I know it's going to be a good one. So this is really exciting because it's our actually our second episode in the quote, Fab Five of Literacy is what I'm calling this series. But it's a podcast series where we're breaking down each of the five components of literacy to ensure that we are all on as teachers, we're all on the same page of understanding and implementing best practices in all of the realms of literacy. And so last week's podcast uh, episode was a very brief overview of all five components. So if you haven't taken a listen to the episode, I encourage you to kind of head back and listen. Uh, I believe that was episode number six. So this episode today, where we have a special guest, of course, and then the next three are going to be taking a deeper dive into each of those five components. So starting today with phonics and phonemic awareness, I did combine these two I do believe they deserve separate episodes, but I wanted to make sure the series wasn't too crazy long. So I thought these were the two easiest to combine together. So hopefully that's okay with uh, everyone out there listening. But I'm excited today to really dive into this. I believe, you know, right now, science of reading is all a buzz. And there's a lot of teachers who are jumping on the phonics and phonemic awareness. I will not call it a bandwagon because it really shouldn't be that, right? Like this is best practice. This is really what kids need to become stronger, more effective readers. So whether you teach early elementary or whether you teach upper elementary, this episode is going to be a really great uh, discussion about what is phonics and phonemic awareness um, and what can we do what, regardless of what grade you're in, but what can we do to support our students in these two pockets of literacy? So Christina, are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So first question, just to make sure, again, we're all on the same page. So what is the difference between phonics and phonemic awareness? So I will be totally honest with you. When I was first teaching kindergarten, I did not realize that phonics and phonemic awareness were two different areas. I kind of use them interchangeably. And I feel like that's a common misconception. So 
I really want to clear that air and make sure that teachers understand that there is a difference. However, they're still really connected. So phonemic awareness is the ability to hear, identify, and manipulate phonemes, which is just a fancy term for sounds. (laughs) In words, it's mainly done orally. For example, you can have students identify the beginning sound of a word, or maybe you say um, a app, they have to blend it to say cap. And students really need to have a strong foundation in phonemic awareness in order to be successful for reading and phonics. This is like the first step. Now we want to move into phonics. Phonics is how kids learn to connect letters with sounds, break apart words into sounds, and blend sounds to read word. This is like the meat of learning how to read. Phonics instruction can be done orally, but it mainly involves students decoding, aka sounding out words. For example, reading CVC words fluently, using the sounds in a word to spell phonetically. Now, all of these phonemic awareness skills are directly connected to a phonics skill. So first, we want to focus on the phonemic awareness component, and then we want to connect it to phonics. I love that. Yeah, they're definitely the building blocks. And I think that, you know, in the last few years, we've kind of gotten away. Curriculums have really gotten away from focusing and supporting teachers in these two areas of literacy. And now with all the research that's coming back, you know, we're finally realizing that we have to have explicit instruction in these areas. And that's one of the reasons why our readers, when they get up into the higher grades, they're not sufficient readers to comprehend that deep, complex text that they're presented with because they have so many holes in all these other literacy areas and components, such as phonics and phonemic awareness. So thank you so much for that definition. I was just like you. I didn't know that they were different. Um, I just kind of, you know, lumped them kind of almost all in one term. Oh, it's phonics and phonemic awareness. No, they're two different things. Thank you for uh, that clarification there. I appreciate that. So why do you think, uh, kind of hit on this a little bit, but why do you think phonics and phonemic awareness are such a hot topic right now? Like why, what's the buzz? Why is it there? I think they are a hot topic because there have been so many years of balanced literacy and memorizing words and the three queuing system that teachers have been teaching for so long. And it works for some kids, but it doesn't work for a, a big majority of kids. And teachers are really realizing that and switching to a structured literacy approach, which includes, you know, the focus is on those five pillars of reading. And the science of reading is definitely a hot topic right now. But it's so important to learn. You can need to keep learning as a teacher. And I feel like some teachers are just a little nervous to change things up or maybe they don't have the proper training, but the research shows us that when you're using a structured literacy approach with that systematic and explicit instruction, 95% of students can learn how to read. Like they will learn how to read. But if you're not using a structured literacy approach, you're focusing on just memorizing, you know, sight words, um, you're not teaching it explicitly, it's going to be about 30% are going to be able to learn how to read. And that's a huge difference. And if a teacher is teaching the one way, you know, that's 70% of students are going to be struggling. And then it just, it's like a domino effect. 
you know, they're struggling in first grade reading words, they're going to struggle in fourth, fifth grade when they're reading those complex texts and trying to understand what they're reading. Even if they have memorized the words, they don't understand the comprehension piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. For our listeners out there, maybe who don't understand or know the difference between balanced literacy and structured literacy, could you give us just a quick overview or the difference in the two? So for structured literacy, it's going to be focused on that systematic and explicit instruction. It's going to be focused on those five pillars that you started talking about in your last episode, whereas balanced literacy is kind of like all encompassing, like they, it's a little bit of everything is what I, it's like a salad of literacy. (laughs) You know, you might have sight words in there. You might have, you might still have phonics and phonemic awareness instruction in there, but you're using all of these different pieces, but they don't really connect together easily for students to understand. You know, you're trying to show them the three cueing, you know, you know, guess a word based off of the picture, you know, that's part of balanced literacy. Sometimes it can mean different things for different people. I've found out, but basically I like to picture it as like a big salad bowl of random literacy practices. Yeah. There's no process to it. There's no connection. That's kind of what I was doing the research behind these two as well. Like I see structured literacy as having like almost like five puzzle pieces together to make one roadmap to successful reading. And kind of like you said, balanced literacy has all these other random things that may have pieces and components, but not strong, explicit instruction in those five components. So it's like a five-step, simple, explicit roadmap to get your students to be able to read. I love that. How do you see a lack of understanding and development in phonics and phonemic awareness? These, you know, two extremely important foundational components. How do you see them affecting our end goal, which is comprehension, of course? So they absolutely affect comprehension 100%. Many teachers don't realize that teaching kids how to read is not just phonics and phonemic awareness, especially in the K-1 area. But there is those other three parts, you know, vocabulary, comprehension, and fluency, the five pillars of effective reading instruction. Go and Tumner, two researchers, came up with the simple view of reading, which shows that decoding times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. So if students are struggling with decoding a word or they read the word wrong or they're guessing the word, then the context of what they're reading may be wrong. It could be right, but it might be wrong. Whereas if students are able to decode the words and they understand their meaning, they'll be able to better comprehend text. So it definitely all, I like your analogy of the puzzle pieces coming together (laughs) because it truly is different puzzle pieces taught kind of separately, but they all come together. I really love Scarsborough's reading rope. And, but I also really like the simple view of reading too. I think both of them have merit and they both promote just this understanding of, like you said, having explicit systematic instruction in all five areas of literacy. So if we don't have the first two 
puzzle pieces, like you said, the metaphor, I pick, like, I, I like to picture everything, you know, put things into black and white. And so that was like the clearest metaphor for me is seeing that puzzle. But if you don't have the first two puzzle pieces, you don't have the complete roadmap. So, you know, you have to have all of the components starting with these first two, you know, words are essentially what make up a text. So if they don't understand the words, if they can't sound them out, if they don't, you know, aren't able to decode them correctly or understand the meaning, the syntax, semantics, whatever it may be, then they're not going to get to that end goal. They're not going to be successful readers and have all of the components and skills necessarily to master reading. So it all connects and creates one beautiful experience, which is reading. Do you think all grades, especially the higher grades, and this is a little, I think there are some controversy around it, but do you think all grades, especially higher elementary, should focus on teaching phonics and phonemic awareness. Do you think they need to be teaching it too? Yes, but it also depends. If students are not proficient in phonemic awareness, then we need to provide that explicit instruction for them, no matter how old they are. It doesn't matter if they're in fifth, sixth grade. If they don't have the basics of phonemic awareness and phonics, like you said, they're going to struggle in the other areas. You know, our hope would be that students in grades three to five already have that foundation in phonics and phonemic awareness so they can focus on higher level skills or focus on multisyllabic words or morphology or syntax, semantics, all of that. That's what we want our focus to be on. However, if it's not there, then teachers need to identify that, step back and go back to the basics and really focus in on the skills that they absolutely need to have. Yeah, I like the phrase, you have to slow down to be able to speed up. And I think that's really important for our upper elementary listeners out there. You know, when you've got your kids who need to, they, they can't tackle those more critical standards, those more deep comprehension standards, because they need to slow down and take a step back. So how do you know then when a student has gaps in phonological awareness or phonics? How are you able to identify those? There's a few ways. I would first suggest doing a one-on-one -on -one assessment with the main skills or reading a decodable passage, et cetera, this will show you their areas of weakness. That is like the most important thing. But there are some problems that teachers come into, like they see and they're like, why are they doing this? And the answer is rooted in phonemic awareness. So the most common one I've seen in the K-1 sphere is not being able to decode properly. So the student sounds out a word like k at, and then they say something completely different, like cap or cop or cot. And you're like, how did you, you just said those sounds. They sound it out again. They say the sounds exactly how they're supposed to, and they're not blending it together. And you're like pulling your hair out. Like what, what am I doing wrong? Like, what does this child need? So the issue is that they aren't hearing the sounds to be able to blend. So when students have that specific problem, they need to focus on oral blending, which is a phonemic awareness skill where the teacher says the sounds to the word, the student hears them and blends them together. So on the opposite side, you could do the same thing with spelling. If students are struggling with spelling, you need to step back and work on oral segmenting, whether it's with a multisyllabic word you know, really breaking it apart into different pieces for those upper elementary students or for K-1, you know, breaking apart the three phoneme words into the three sounds and then spelling. So if students are 
starting to read a word and then they guess the rest, you know, this is going to be a sign that they're just not confident in those phonics skills. So I feel like those two are the main ones that I've seen. And then just the not being very confident with reading is another like red flag. Like I need more phonological awareness practice, please. Yeah, I definitely see, especially in the higher grades, I definitely see the guessing. Like they'll start the word and then they'll either just skip it and keep on reading or they'll mm-hmm. stop and like glare at the teacher like, um, aren't you going to help me right now? Or they'll guess and they'll be completely wrong. Or sometimes they get lucky based on context clues, but it's still a red flag, like you said, that they need help decoding. And the thing is, is all of the things you said, you know, the example of cat, that right there if it is a great link into being able to decode those multisyllabic words. Like if they are struggling with the multisyllabic, most likely they're going to struggle even with the smaller words. You may just not know it because you haven't taken the time to, like you said, do a one-on-one, read a decodable book, have them do an inventory of, you know, an overview of different phonics and uh, phonological skills to see where there could be gaps. You know, look for those red flags and take the time to identify where the gaps are so that you know how to best support those readers. What do you think upper elementary, and really all elementary, I shouldn't just say upper, But what do you think teachers should or could be doing to support their struggling readers when it comes to phonics and phonemic awareness? So implementing a daily phonemic awareness routine. If you are teaching kindergarten through second grade, this is a must have. Like if you only have five minutes to teach in the day, you better be teaching phonemic awareness. That was always my my mantra that I went with because I saw the difference it made when I just, I taught those skills for five minutes a day. That's it. It had huge results for upper elementary, definitely finding those skills that they need help with and targeting those specific skills. And, you know, again, all you need is five minutes a day. That's, it's such a small part of your day. Some teachers are saying, I don't have time to teach phonemic awareness as a separate lesson, but it really only takes five minutes. It's super simple. It can be used as like an oral and auditory warm up. And the way it allows students to hear and anchor those different sounds and words will really help, especially those struggling readers, because sometimes they rely on that visual memorization of words as like whole units rather than understanding the intricacies of the different phonemes in the words. So when you create this opportunity every single day and you practice it consistently, those your students are going to learn how to hear and manipulate those phonemes and it will just build such a strong foundation. So setting up a daily five minute phonemic awareness routine is key. I love that idea. And yeah, it really only does take a short amount of time. So what do you, do you have an example maybe of a phonemic awareness routine that you could share with us that they maybe teachers or our listeners could implement? Yeah. And it's, it's a lot simpler than you think. You think you have to have this whole complex lesson and it really isn't. What I would always do is we started with a quick like flashcard type practice. So whatever sounds you're working on at that time in early kindergarten, it's just going to be letter sounds. But when you move into first, second grade, it might be like our control vowels. And you just want the students to be able to see the letter, say the sound, because that this is going to help them connect it to phonics. So we start with that. And then we go through either two or three skills at a time each week. 
So rather than trying to practice a whole laundry list of skills, you want to focus on two or three skills each week. It, you're going, the teacher is going to have to model it first and really hold their hands to like walk them through like how to isolate that beginning sound in a word or how to do oral blending. And then you sort of, sort of do it like we do. You do it together with your students and then you can call on your students to answer individually. So the main skills I would focus on are the oral blending, um, phoneme isolation, which is just identifying sounds in a word, beginning, middle, or end, and then also phoneme manipulation. So I would focus on those three things and, you know, two or three skills a week and that's it. That's five minutes. It's so quick and easy. Yeah, absolutely. When you break it down like that, it really doesn't take a lot of like even planning. Like you really don't need to set out and plan a quote unquote lesson for your students. It's just about identifying the needs. What are you working on as far as like what skills and then having that routine in place. So I hear you have maybe a a sample put together for our listeners of something that they could go and grab from you maybe to use or implement in their classroom. Do you want to talk about that? Yep. I have a free week of phonemic awareness lesson plans. And the best part, it's on one piece of paper. So you have the entire lesson, all the lessons that you need for an entire week. You can also see if you're a visual learner, kind of how to format it. So you could create your own, but you can find that at sweetforkindergarten.com slash free phonemic. And again, regardless of what grade you teach, even though, you know, you look at that maybe and you're like, well, I'm not going to teach this skill, then just replace the skill, use the routine, find your five minutes and get that explicit instruction in. And I guarantee you within a good month or two, you're going to see a huge difference in your student's ability to decode those smaller words all the way up to more of those larger multisyllabic words because you're taking the time to focus and embed that instruction. One last question uh, before we kind of wrap up here. I know that a lot of teachers look at me when I say the words phonics and phonemic awareness, they roll their eyes and they think, oh my gosh, it is the most boring thing to teach. Yes, I'm going to teach it. Yes, I'm going to do it. But good Lord, Could it be more exciting? So I have to ask before we say goodbye, how can we make phonics more engaging or hands-on for our students? The answer, multi-sensory instruction. You need to include, incorporate all different types of learning styles into your lesson and it'll make it fun. For example, auditory, play a song to start your lesson out with. That's what I always did. I would go on YouTube and I would type in letter A song. If that's what we were, you know, if that's the sound that we were practicing that week and, you know, my students would get to get up and dance. And then we would move right into an anchor chart where we're practicing that letter A sound. And my students would use some of the words that they saw from the song or, you know, the video and be able to identify some words that either start with the letter A or had the middle sound A So that's just a quick, easy way to like really get your students excited for the lesson because who doesn't want to get up and dance, especially if you're like kindergarten, first grade, right? I'll join them. And then just incorporating like (laughs) kinesthetic movement into your lesson is really easy. You can have them stand up, sit down, jump up, squat, you know, for different activities. You can have them jumping and blending words. There's different ways that you can make your lessons more kinesthetic 
And then finally, I I love hands-on learning. I probably talk about hands-on learning more than anything. <laughs> um, but tactile objects and incorporating those in your lessons. So incorporating Play-Doh, different counters to show, you know, you segmenting the words, um, sensory bins, different ways like that to practice both whole group and also independent if you do literacy centers. It just, it makes it so much fun. And honestly, as a teacher, my students loved phonics time. Like, and that was my favorite time to teach too. It's just, you have to find those different engaging ways to really engage all the learners. Absolutely. I always loved having my kids do, we did push-ups and jumping jacks when we would count syllables or when we were decoding those larger words and we were breaking them apart. So anything you can do to just get them active, it doesn't have to have some fancy, you know, resource. It's, it's all in just looking at what makes kids excited, get them up, get them moving, you know, song, video, movement, whatever it is. And I guarantee you they're going to be engaged. So thank you so much for sharing. Those are some great ideas. All right, listeners, so we are going to wrap up our discussion now on phonics and phonemic awareness. So hopefully some of the nuggets that Christina shared with us today um, really stuck with you. I think your big takeaways and big action steps today are to make sure to reflect on your current practices. Are you incorporating explicit phonics and phonemic instruction into your day? doesn't matter if you are early elementary or upper elementary make sure that you are providing that instruction for your students, especially your students who need it. You know, if you have students who are struggling, most likely it's going to be connected back to one of these more foundational literacy components. So that is your takeaway today. That is your homework. Make sure to reach out. I will put Christina's email address and her website and her link, of course, to her free phonics routine or phonemic awareness routine. I'll put all of those in the show notes so that you can grab those. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to her or to me, and we'll be happy to help you out. So Christina, thank you so much again for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed talking to the listeners here in the Literacy Lounge. We really do appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sierra. Awesome. All right, listeners, keep the series going. Our next episode is going to be on fluency. So if it's not out yet, stay tuned. It's coming soon. And I hope you are enjoying this series of the Fab Five of Literacy. And we'll see you over in the next episode. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Literacy Lounge with Sierra Harris. You can find any of the resources mentioned in the show notes at sierraharristeaching.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more support with close reading, download the free close reading guidebook at www.buildingcomprehension.com slash close dash reading dash guidebook. Until next time, happy reading.